There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday, January 16th. I'm John Weigel here with Catherine Laidlaw, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. We're chatting about dollar stores today and how many communities across the U.S. are trying to limit and even ban them for environmental and health reasons. But is this backlash at all effective and are dollar stores at all harmful or are they just a great option for affordable goods? We'll get into that and much more. But first, let's give you the hits and headlines today across business and tech. First up, Oxfam's annual global inequality report, always delightfully timed for the first day of the World Economic Forum Summit in Davos, Switzerland, is far from surprising this year. The wealthiest 1% currently own 43% of the world's financial assets. Fantastic stat to begin the week. Next up, Artifact, which is an AI news app created by Instagram's co-founders, is shutting down. The app was made to curate news articles for its users with the help of AI, but is closing up shop just a year after launching. This is in light of ChatGPT's additional news functionality as it starts to incorporate publications into its system. So it seems like news is working for some AI companies, but not all. Moving on to Tom Stokely, a co-founder of OnlyFans, will try to shake up the international travel industry as a director at Global Airlines, which is a luxury airline featuring social spaces and very fancy champagne. And finally, Mean Girls earned $32 million at the box office over the holiday weekend, despite its advertising that some felt was a bit misleading, 75% of the audience were aware that the reboot was a musical, but the other 25%? I guess they were in for a special treat. All right. Today's top story is all about dollar stores. Some of us love them, but some towns hate them. Catherine Laidlaw wrote a story in our Sunday newsletter about their growth and the incessant pushback by many communities in the United States. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on to talk about dollar stores. I'd love to just dive straight into this story of, first of all, how did you find yourself digging into the dollar store industry? So a little while ago, I was looking around for ideas, as we do, Mm -hmm. and I came across one that talked about some new research that had come out about dollar stores' negative impacts on especially rural America, but sort of America more broadly. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's weird. I've always thought dollar stores filled a really critical need in terms of serving lower-income shoppers. I thought so, too. It turns out it's been sort of polarizing across the country for the last maybe four years. Mm -hmm. Dollar stores did really, really well during the pandemic. They experienced pretty exponential growth. And ever since then, some communities have sort of said, no, that's enough. Mm. And the dollar stores and developers working with the dollar stores disagree. And so it's become a bit of a tug of war. Who typically owns these dollar stores? 
So Dollar Store sort of started out, there were a bunch of different companies. And in addition to that, mom and pop dollar discount stores. And over the years, now most of the stores are owned by two different companies. So you have Dollar General on one hand and Dollar Tree on the other, which owns Dollar Tree and also Family Dollar. Together, they own a total of 35,000 stores. One statistic that kind of blows my mind is that an estimated 249 million Americans live within five miles of one of those two owned stores, which makes them nearly as common as McDonald's. They employ, I think it's 370,000 and they're growing. They're on track to grow by thousands more stores in the coming years. Hmm. So what I'm hearing a lot of is just Uber convenience for a lot of Americans, a lot of proximity, a lot of people employed by these dollar store conglomerates. So I guess one would wonder, why do certain communities despise these dollar stores so much? Yeah, so there's a few reasons. One, convenience is a huge part of the dollar store's business plan, saturating the market. They have data that shows that their customers won't necessarily go more than a few miles to buy the things that they're looking for, staples, toilet paper, chapstick, (laughs) everyday essentials. So they are trying to sort of pop up on as many blocks as they can. And For communities that are trying to attract other businesses, there are a few drawbacks to that. One is that there's negative perception that when a higher-end grocery store chain site selector comes to town and sees dollar store signs on every block, Mm. that sort of gives a negative perception of how affluent a particular community is, Mm. of how saturated the market already is. I think another aspect is that while dollar stores advertise really low prices... Mm -hmm. I love the 99 cent and up stores. (laughs) Right? My personal favorite. Your dollar bill goes a long way. It does. Except that over time, dollar stores are actually more expensive because they sell you lower quantities. Mm -hmm. So they'll have deals with different companies to make special sizes of, you know, Lysol toilet cleaner, for example. But the bottle is actually smaller. And so you're actually paying more Mm -hmm. than you would if you bought it from a grocery store. And so that works really well for people who are on sort of really strict fixed income. But over time, it's actually costing them more. Mm. Also part of the business plan for these stores is staffing them really leanly. And so often you'll get just a couple employees on staff at any given time. And that has led to an increase in crime Mm -hmm. and then also issues with employee safety. And so they're not particularly good for creating jobs. And the jobs that they do create are low paying and Mm -hmm. I think difficult. When it comes to retail, Bloomberg Businessweek called Dollar General last year the worst retail job in America. Wow. Okay. So there's that too. (laughs) You know, I had a Dollar Tree in my neighborhood growing up and I used to love going there. I used to buy the uh, Stars and Stripes Cola, the three liter bottles of, uh, you know, Coke product. <laughs> kind of. totally. And the employee staffing always struck me as there's always one person to two people in this entire store and they're the cashier, they're the stock person. They kind of run every part of that operation. But, you know, in addition to all of those problems that you just mentioned that people are having with dollar stores in their community, is there still a positive side to them? Do they still have a great impact for those low-income areas and low-income citizens who obviously you mentioned, you know, sometimes it may even be cheaper to buy from grocery stores, but in the immediate, do you think it helps people out at all? So yes, and there's a couple of ways that we're seeing that side sort of advocate for themselves or, or vocalize that opinion. One is there's quite an active TikTok influencer community that combines sort of the grocery store haul type videos with also recipe videos. And so you'll see the hashtag dollar store dinner is pretty popular. 
and it'll be people on a budget sort of demonstrating how they've made, you know, $6 stretch into a meal for two people Mm. and things like that. You can get shelf-stable food at these stores for, you know, pretty dirt cheap. And so there's a sort of very excited community that shares tips and tricks on how to stretch your dollar that way. And then there has also been a bit of research done after this sort of pandemic era dollar store boom on what consumers from dollar stores actually think. And so, yes, the Center for Science in the Public Interest did conduct a study and they released the results in October. They surveyed 750 lower income dollar store shoppers and their numbers were really high. Like it turns out those shoppers don't want to see dollar stores go away. They need them. 82% of them, in fact, felt dollar stores improved their community. Another survey that I came across by Morning Consult put that number at around 60%, but they wanted to see better options at dollar stores. The consumers were definitely aware that the pantry staples that they were buying weren't necessarily the healthier options. And so 81% said that they would pay for healthier options at their local dollar stores. And that was a need that they felt wasn't being met. And so my general takeaway from that was that they like them and there's room for improvement. Sure. And so for sure, like I think the sad reality is that as food gets more expensive for people, they're really looking to sort of make every penny count and discount stores are one of the places where you can do that in the short term. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Something you do mention in your article is a lot about produce and about the lack of fresh produce at these dollar stores and how supermarkets actually tend to lose money on produce historically. So the fact that they don't stock produce gives them a bit of an edge financially over these grocery stores and such. But another thing that I wanted to hit on is how have towns tried to remove dollar stores? If I wanted to take the Dollar Tree out of my hometown, how would I go about it? Yeah. So this is part of the story where things get kind of crazy because there's just all kinds of lawsuits being flung in all directions all over the country (laughs) related to this. In some communities, the communities are suing the developers. In other communities, the developers are suing the communities to be able to move in. In other communities, customers are suing Dollar General and Dollar Tree. In others, the companies are suing the communities. It's wild. So there's a few different Options. One way that a lot of communities, and I should say, you know, $35,000 stores, we're talking about about 60 communities at this point. And so it's not a huge number, but it is growing. And so these 60 communities, what a lot of them have done is sort of introduce zoning ordinances, as they're called. And what they'll do is either sort of draw a circle and say, no more dollar stores within this two mile radius or five mile radius or one mile radius. Mm -hmm. And then the officials there will go ham trying to attract other grocery stores to fill because, of course, just because you've ousted dollar stores doesn't mean a grocery store is going to sprout up in its place. Some communities have just said like, no, we have enough, we're done. Other communities, their zoning committees have greenlit development plans for a dollar store. And then the communities themselves say, no, 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 that wasn't what we wanted and have actually taken the developer then to circuit court to try to get the decisions reversed. And so it's a little bit of sort of using the tools that you have to your advantage, I guess, Mm -hmm. if you have a city council that is amenable to those kinds of restrictions then that's an avenue that people have sought. If not, then you can try to use the courts. And the courts have decided in favor, against, it really runs the gamut all across the country. And so it will be interesting to see without any federal action, how this continues to play out jurisdiction by jurisdiction. Yeah. 
Something else I, I wanted to hit on, you did mention that one place actually managed to completely ban dollar stores. Yeah, so that's Stonecrest, Georgia, which was up until, I want to say 2015 or 2016, a suburb of Atlanta. So they incorporated and they're their own city. And in 2018, they endured sort of a slate of closures the way a lot of stores were closing in different areas of the states. So Walmart closed one of their stores, Target closed another store. And by 2019, there were 20 dollar stores in Stonecrest. And it's a city of about 60,000 people. Okay. So that's a lot of dollar stores, yes. about three times as many stores per capita as the national average. And so they said, we have enough. We're good. <laughs> because one of the things that Stonecrest was also contending with was trying to attract better grocery stores, more and higher quality grocery stores. And so one thing that the mayor did say when I spoke to her last week was that it's not necessarily that a ban is right for every place, but for them, it's been just something that they don't have to worry about while they turn to the task of attracting a grocery store, mm -hmm. which is also a considerable amount of work and not something that I had ever given any thought to until last week. I just figured grocery stores just looked at what sites made the most sense <laughs> and went there, which is so, so diluted. Listen, hey, you think that's bad? This is today news for me. I, I just thought that they just existed before time prehistorically. We just right? all moved around them. I had no idea. We've been living in big cities for too long, I think. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a whole recruitment process. There's a pitching process. So a city will make a business case, target the grocery stores that they are hoping will consider to come, find out who selects the sites for those chains, develop relationships with them, deliver their pitches, and then sort of cross their fingers and wait to see what happens. And so it can be a long and really involved process. And I think the way Stonecrest has benefited has been to not then have to worry about dollar stores coming in and using some of that real estate that they're hoping a grocery store will eventually move into under their noses. It's like a buying time mechanism, mm -hmm. I think. And that's definitely been true of Stonecrest. Although in their five districts, they're hoping to eventually have a grocery store in each one, but they've got three of the five right now. And so, you know, it's a bit of an uphill climb. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to ask about is, do you think dollar stores are going to increase their growth over the next few years? Yes. And I also think the conversation around them is going to continue to get more heated because their growth doesn't show signs of slowing. We only now have started talking about what this might be doing to our cities in the long term. And so I think as that conversation gets more heated too, the two things are going to collide in interesting ways. But yes, I think dollar stores are going to continue growing apace and that community backlash is also also going to continue because both are getting louder. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. Thank you so much, Catherine. Really appreciate your help understanding this entire area of business that I've never even thought about before. So we really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.